cliffcentral.com. Let's get to Dr. Hanan. Hello, Doc. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Very good. How are you this Monday morning? Yeah, power. Awesome. The weather's good. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I know. It was the, the weather of the weekend was so good. Huh? It was, it was hot. It changes people's moods for sure. It changes people's moods. Winter does, right? Not good for people's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't take much to get me excited in summer, but in winter, I'm like a bear that needs to hibernate. Okay, so. Not completely. We have a question from Colin for you, okay? So Colin says, I've got three kids. They're aged eight, five, and two. Now, he has a job that requires precise actions, sharp timing, and a lot of pressure. I come home some days. My brain is firing at all cylinders. Struggle to turn it off. For the two hours between coming home and their bedtime, I'm not able to calmly and rationally interact with the children at a level they deserve. First of all, I've got to give props to this dad for being honest about that. Mm-hmm. Most dads will just pretend they can do all these things and be a superman. What is the tool to compartmentalize work mentality and happy family mindset? So that's a really good mm-hmm. question. And um, I mean, you've, you've got kids as well, so you can speak to this with some authority. But it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. not a... This is, this is not a, a, a an easy thing to, to deal with. And everybody obviously has different kids and different jobs. But I think this guy is being very honest about things. How can he start to sort it out? So there are a couple of things here that uh, I think will help him. Number one, we've got to recognize that in life, value is married to stress. The more value you accumulate in life, the more stress you accumulate in life. That's the way it works. So I value my marriage. It comes with stress. I value my kids. It comes to stress, I value my work, financial security, health, that comes to stress. You can't detangle the two. So if somebody truly had to ask me, Hanan, how do I eliminate stress from my life? Mm. The real answer is, well, eliminate everything that you value, which is not possible. And if it was, you just get depressed. So as we accumulate more of these, um, more of these elements or more of these things in our world, we accumulate more stress. And as the stress goes up, the framework in which you manage life has to be a lot more robust and specific yeah specifically to this particular question um obviously he's talking about two things that he values he values obviously his work i'm assuming that comes with financial security a sense of purpose and how does he manage his family situation the reality is that you can't wing these things because how many times have i said on the show if you're not the chess player of your life you're a pawn in someone else's Mm -hmm. if you don't have a clear goal you'll live out somebody else's goal you want to know exactly what you want and what you expect out of each one of these elements. What do you want out of generally life? What do you want out of career? What do you want out of financial security? What do you want out of family? What do you want out of friends? Mm-hmm. What do you want out of your romantic partner? What do you want out of your diet, exercise, and sleep? These are the eight elements. And you've got to define it specifically because if you do not define it, then the world starts stealing time away from you. So what do I mean? As I've always said, value is dictated by the goal. Value can only be assessed by the context of a goal. So if I, um, and I've given this analogy before, if I phone you up and I ask, hey, should you, should I, I want to ask for your advice, should I take a bus, should I take a car, should I fly, should I swim, should I crawl, what is the most amount of value? You in return are going to ask me, well, where are you going first? Mm. What's the goal? Because right. if you're going across the corridor, flying is crazy. If you're going across the country, swimming is ridiculous. <laughs> you would want to know the goal first and then the strategy. Never just strategy first. Okay. Never. Strategy alone means nothing. So if somebody said to me, Khanan, I just had a whole tub of ice cream. Is that good or bad? My answer is, well, I don't know. What's the goal? 
If the goal is to lose weight, you did the wrong thing. If mm. the goal is to gain weight, you did the right thing. The same thing could be good or bad depending on the goal. So back to the email, uh, how much is adequate time to spend with your kids? How much is adequate time to spend at work? How much is adequate time uh, should you spend on making money? Well, I would ask you a different question. Before we talk about what is adequate time, mm. what is your goal? What do you want? Before I tell you whether two hours with your kids is enough or 10 hours is not enough. Before I tell you making 10 rand is enough or making 100,000 is not enough. Mm. You've got to know what is it that you want. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be an available father or an available husband, what do you need to do to satisfy that? If you want to make X amount of money, well, what do you need to sacrifice for that? I'll add one more thing before I leave the homework to him to assess what he wants. I always say setting goals is the hardest thing. And the reason why setting goals is the hardest thing is because it requires you, never mind it could potentially get you to fail, but it requires you to sacrifice. Setting goals requires you to sacrifice. The moment I commit to a goal, I have to let go of something else. The gods of goals requires you to let go and sacrifice something. So if I want to lose weight, I have to sacrifice the chocolate cake. If I want to be married, I have to sacrifice all the wonderful things that I could do as a singleton. If I want to live in Joburg, I have to sacrifice living in well, anywhere else. Yeah, It's like, you know, I use the analogy of monkey bars. If you're on a monkey bar and you want to move forward, that if you want to move forward, you have to let go. let go. Yeah, You can't hold on and move forward. It just doesn't work. So if you want to set a goal, you have to sacrifice something. So to Colin, I would say, know what you want and be able to compromise and sacrifice something and live according to that. And I'll just mention, I'll keep on saying one more thing, but this is one more thing. Yeah. There's something beautiful that happens when you set goals is that you're able to live a guilt-free life. The more specific your goals are, the less guilty you're going to feel. So what do I mean? Hmm. If I set out a very general, airy-fairy, fluffy goal of I want to be the best father that I can, let's just say I set that goal. That is too general. Two, hour, two hours will not be enough with my kids. Five hours will never be enough. 25 hours will never be enough because I could always do more while I can yep. give away my sleep. But the moment I commit to a particular goal and I say, for me to be the best father that I can be, I know taking everything into account, I'm going to spend two hours with my kids when I get home. Phone is off. I'm going to read the bedtime story. I'm going to engage with them for supper. Da, 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 da. But that's, that's my goal, the two hours. Now, if I don't spend, if I spend just that, I don't have to feel guilty. Hmm. Guilt only comes when your goals are too general and fluffy. But the moment you commit to goals, you can play within those goals and therefore guilt falls away. That's amazing. This guilt thing is a whole other level that I hadn't thought about yeah. in terms of, because I like the monkey bar analogy and you've told us about goal setting before, but th this idea that if you, if you, and guilt can really cripple people, huh? It will. Yeah, it, it just. It, it. Yeah. It really does. It spoils their their entire existence because they're so completely uh, held back by that guilt mm. that they can never do anything. I, I always think to to explain to people what anxiety feels like. Yeah. Who, and who who don't know what that feels like, it's like in carrying intense guilt the whole Jeez. time. Yeah, I'm, I I know people who are just uh, guilt riddled about things like not spending enough time with their mm. kids or. Uh, it's just, that's the worst thing. And you could do something about so, it. You can actually do something. Sure. You don't have to wallow. Very much. You know? 
Very much so. Very much so. Very much so. And I'll tell you, guilt comes from two when two things happen. One, when your goals are unrealistic. Mm. So when you're expecting, for example, for you to spend, I don't know, 25 hours with the kids and you just can't do it, then you feel guilty. So when your goals are unrealistic. And two, when your goals are too fluffy, they're too general. Yeah. I want to be the best father that I can. I want to make as much money as I can. I want to be the best right. friend that I can. I want to be the best partner that I can. You'll never satisfy that and you will feel guilty. So you must be very specific and very realistic with your goal setting because you, you can act within those lines and not feel mm. guilty. Want to add anything to that? No, I just wanted, like, how do you balance? Like, I get what Dr. Anand is saying, that if you set a goal, then you don't feel the guilt. But two hours, and then you spend two hours with the kid, and then the kid grows up. How do you balance that? Like, oh, dad only has to spend two hours. Is that just about teaching responsibility and staying disciplined? Because that seems a lot. Like, from your side, when the kid comes back, and is like, I miss you, dad. How do you balance that? I, I have two hours for you. Done. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I can tell you as a father, there's, and I guess the world will always expect more from you. Your boss will always expect more from you. Your kids will expect more from you. Your partner will expect more from you. Your health will expect more from you. People just expect more from you. But remember, you have a responsibility to your health. You have a responsibility to your spouse. You have a responsibility to your work, financial stability. You have a responsibility to all these different elements. And you can't just invest more time in one area and let the others fall apart. Remember, just about kids, kids don't need quantity. They need quality. Okay. And that goes for any relationship. That's I handy. would rather spend 10 wonderful minutes with a best friend than I'm sure you could relate two hours not knowing what to talk about and she's looking oh, at yeah. your watch and wishing you yeah. were home. Oh, yeah. So it's not about quantity. Yeah. It's about the quality. There was, there was a super nanny clip that I saw um, this weekend where – uh, the super nanny was in the home of these people who have these kids um, and saw the little kid going over and saying, mommy, can you play this game with me? And she said, no, I'm busy. Daddy, can you play this game with me? No, I'm busy. So the super nanny took the little girl to the bedroom and said, show me what game you want to play. And it was like a little 10 minute um, color in this and do that. And she took it downstairs and said, say to mommy, this is going to be 10 minutes. Can we please play? And then you see the parents realizing they just needed 10 minutes of my undivided attention. Yeah. Not, not an hour. Right. Just 10 minutes of good quality. Such a good example. Makes yeah. sense, right? You know, I challenge, oh, completely. I challenge all parents that are listening to this and are watching this to when you're with your kids, put down the phone and turn off the TV. I dare you. I actually don't challenge you. I dare you. I dare you. See what happens to your, the quality yeah. of your relationship with your kids. Well, I dare you. I dare you to focus on your child. Listen, people can't even... I'm sometimes guilty of this. You sit at uh, lunch or dinner with people and you're on your phone. Mm. You're like, why, why am I here with these people if I'm going to be on my phone? I chose to yeah. be here. I chose to spend time with these people. Why am I looking at my phone? Something better going to happen I, there? I, you know? My, my, my favorite is how many of us who watch TV, the big screen, while holding on the phone watching the little screen at the same time? Everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone. <laughs> You're like, enjoy the, someone's made this, this, this movie, you know, someone's made this for you to Nobody's forcing you to put it on. You put it on for a reason, but you're still watching the it little screen. It drives me mad. Bet you miss something. I do it too. But it's, I don't know if, it, if we think we can, can people multitask like as well as they think they can? Never. 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 Anybody. Never. Never look look around the room. I challenge everybody. Look around the room. I'll give you, 
I'll give you 10 seconds to look around the room and pick how many red things you can see. How many red things can you see around the room right now? So count, oh count my. how many red, 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 right? Now, like now look 10. back at the screen and tell me, uh, fine, so you've seen 10 things. Now look back yeah. at the screen and tell me how many green things did you see? Zero, because uh, I was looking at yeah, the red. Yeah. No. <laughs> Your brain can't focus on two things at the same so time. So when it's someone impossible. says that they can multitask, because I admit that I can't, right? And I don't even try. Like I, I, I do many things while the show's going on, but some of them are just autonomic. They, you know, it's switching this on, changing that. Exactly. Uh, adjusting this. It's like this. driving with pedals and Correct. Gears. So it's, it's like driving, but you can also listen to a podcast while you drive, for example. Uh, that's not really exactly. multitasking. Multitasking is actually being focused on two things at once. Impossible. Impossible. Okay. Impossible. <laughs> and, and by the way, and your kids need your attention. The, your kids don't need you to be a robot and multitask. Because, you know, like when you're speaking to somebody, and you know they're not listening. They're just going, yeah, fine, thanks for you. Yes, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. There's no quality in the interaction. Yeah. Your kids don't need you as a robot. They want mom. They want dad. They want you to interact. They want your intellect. They want your knowledge. They want your acknowledgement. They want your value. Jeez. They want your touch. They, you know, just be there. You know, be uh, there. Focus. Let everything else go. I don't think anyone is ever going to remember that they couldn't buy this or that because their dad or mom hadn't brought home enough money, but they'll always remember the time that they spent. Mm. 100%. You know, and the conversations 100%. they had, or the games they played, or yep. any of those things. I mean, I, I think about <laughs> my biological father, mm. who has who passed away a long time ago. I remember the other day we used to play a game at the robots at the traffic lights yeah. to see who could say green as soon as the light went green. <laughs> and at that age, I didn't realize he was cheating by not cheating, but he knew by looking at the opposite robot when it was going to go. <laughs> but that has stuck with me forever. Yeah. Not the, not the bad stuff. Mm. That's yeah, what you it's remember. Quality interaction. Yeah, I love That's it. a quality interaction for yeah. sure. Uh, Roxanne says, I like that quality, not quantity. Applies to so many things in life. Spot on. All right, Doc, nice to see you. Thanks. We'll check in with All you right, next week. Nice to see you guys. Very good. I Dr. Hanan. All right. Cliffcentral.com.